0: as You're listening to Tech Sisters Stories. Tech Sisters is a community that creates a safe and inclusive space for Muslim women in tech to thrive and connect with other women who share their stories. My name is Grace, and I get to interview the amazing women in our community, share their stories and the lessons they learned. Today we have Maryam Abed on our show. And mashallah, she's so fun to talk to. She's also uh, the connection from season one when we had a scholarship from Product Guru. She was the person who got that. So she'll be telling us her experiences with that today and uh, her perspectives and the lessons and, and sharing all that with us. And I hope you enjoy the show. Today on Tech Sister Stories, we are super excited to have Miriam Evan. Mariam is a senior technology consultant at EY and she is an active Tech Sisters member and she was the recipient of last season's scholarship from Product Guru. Thank you so much for talking to us today, Mariam. You're welcome. It's
1: lovely being here and speaking to you, Grace, and for the opportunity that you gave us as Tech Sisters and the opportunity through Product School. I think the work that the, the Platform
0: Tech Sisters is doing is amazing. Uh, Thank Alhamdulillah. (laughs) Uh, Good way to get started. (laughs) (laughs) Alhamdulillah. So how about you tell us your story, Maram? How did you get into tech? So uh, mine is a very interesting one, actually. So I started
1: uh, working in tech five years ago. And how it all started is, so originally I'm from Pakistan and I come from a South Asian background and I went to study in the US for two years for English, Literature and Political Science. Mm-hmm. And that was what I wanted to do. I still write sometimes on the side. That's my side. Uh, and I'm a writer as well. For sure. But what happened was when I came back to Pakistan for holidays, I got married and I moved to the UK. So I'm very ambitious and wanted to make sure that I study, finish my education and everything. And at that time, I came across something called apprenticeships. It was very new, but big companies are hiring people for apprenticeships. And these can be digital business apprenticeships, et cetera. So I was like, oh, let me give it a try because obviously university is very expensive for someone who has just come to the UK. So I was like, oh, let me give it a try. And I tried out and I applied for several apprenticeships, a mixture of digital business and all of that. And I did several interviews and Alhamdulillah, I got into EY. And I was very happy that I got into EY. But to be honest, I didn't know anything about tech at that point. I did my research and everything, but I wouldn't say I was very tech centric at that time. I knew the basic things. Obviously, I used my phone. I used social media apps and everything but i didn't know what technology itself was like what the deeper meaning meant yeah. but throughout the five years alhamdulillah i think you uh, you can ask me any hard stuff about technology and i should be able to answer you because th- these are the things i've learned from experience and from my colleagues and all the projects i've worked on so throughout my apprenticeship i did 3 years of, of university and work so i did a bsc in digital innovation and technological solutions through my uh, apprenticeships team did uh, software engineering uh, apprenticeships like level six, level four, etc. Mm. And here I am now. I'm uh, finally uh, uh, technology proper tech consulting. I call myself just tech consulting, like not senior technology consultant, just technology consultant. After all this hustle, so and I've enjoyed it. To be honest, I didn't know I had that flared the tech flare in me that I could learn to these things. But I'm I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I've spent time learning coding, uh, cloud, etc. And I think
0: I enjoy it. Alhamdulillah. So this is really something that you fell into. Yes. Yeah. It just
1: came (laughs) on my doorstep and I was like, let me take the, take up the opportunity. Subhanallah,
0: it's kind of similar with me. I was just looking around for different ways to work from home because I really wanted to do that when my youngest was a baby, and tech was one of the things on the list. And it just Mm. so happened that was the one that stuck. Subhanallah,
1: (laughs) it's so amazing. I, 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 that's is actually one of the perks of working in tech. I have so many Mm. friends who are like now looking to get into tech because of the flexibility it provides. You can work from anywhere in the world, and you just. It's very output-driven as well. So, like, you just have to provide that output, have those conversations,
0: and it just works out. Yeah, that's it. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> but I have to comment. I really love how you just skipped right over a major life thing. Like, oh, yeah, I was in university, went home for a break, got married. and <laughs>
1: I don't dive into the details because it's a topic for debate.
0: <laughs> it just happens. Subhanallah. <laughs> I. Uh, interestingly
1: i i was a very rebellious child so i always uh said no on everything my parents said which is very bad don't uh, no, whoever is listening to this shouldn't <laughs> learn this from me but uh, i fought a lot to go to university that to abroad so i was from yeah. pakistan and went to the u.s to study which was like a major milestone and then i came back and i was very guilty of not listening to my parents and when they said oh uh, this there's a good proposal and we think you should get married i was like okay let's do it just to make it past because I was like, let's do it. But Alhamdulillah, things
0: have worked out well. Alhamdulillah, that's the most important thing. I mean, you got your, your year of studying, so that's out of your system anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> alhamdulillah. So that's great. So now, like you said, you know it all now. Anyone can throw a tough question at you and you should be able to answer it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, don't test me though. <laughs> but that's really cool that you came from so far. So how do you feel the apprenticeship compares over if you had done like a computer science degree in university like just doing that instead of an apprenticeship?
1: Firstly it also depends on countries so for example like I'm in the U.S. right now and I can see that my sisters are going through the route of like doing university and then jobs and other relatives as well because this is the norm here but alhamdulillah UK is amazing with these opportunities and I feel like Because I obviously started my apprenticeship when I was 21 and I had missed out on those years, which I should have done Mm. university in. Obviously, age is just a phenomenon which we have in our mind. But this thing was always in my head that I wanted to finish my university and education by 24 and all that. So this really helped me get into that flow. Like I was studying, working, etc. I think for people like me who just... uh, who obviously the university bills and everything. I'm not saying they don't do university. I just feel like sometimes it's a financial burden as well. And I think that with apprenticeships, you become very independent. You start getting into the flow of work because obviously after your three years of university, you have to get into work anyway. So the transition becomes very easy. And at work, they treat us the same. So like we'll be treated as any graduates after three years, we were treated as graduates. They didn't make any difference amongst that. Oh, they're apprentices. They have been at the firm for very long. But this has turned out to be an advantage for us because we've been in the firm for so long now that we know everything. And, you know, work experience counts a lot. So like even when I'm speaking to them, I'm telling that, oh, I've worked for five years now rather than saying three years or like less than three years. So I think the experience which has come from apprenticeship is very grand and it, it just makes things easier for you. Because if you want to do a corporate job and if you want to stay in the tech world, I think this just makes things easier.
0: Yeah, definitely. That is one of the hardest things that we hear from people who are graduating, especially when they're finishing a bootcamp. It's just getting that first job. It's job, yeah. so hard. So having something where you already have a little bit of industry experience, it makes a huge difference. Upon and you. I
1: think these bootcamps are doing very well now, like collaborating with yeah. workplace. For example, I teach for Code Girls, girls, uh, their Python classes and they, their nano degrees and everything, the transition, like they're making things easier for people because they know the best and from my experience honestly the best learning you can do is on the job training yeah. and once you start getting into the flow you learn very well so even right now like you'll see people uh, myself included, we are always on this learning journey so the learning part never stops but once you get into work you i think you get into that flow and ethic as well you become more disciplined like even on holidays i'm waking up at 7 a.m which is ridiculous but that's how that's how you become
0: disciplined i believe you're talking about that learning journey. So that's a really good transition into Product Guru. Yeah. So what what inspired you? What made you want to get into product or learn more about that? So the
1: terminology, product management and product owners, product manager, etc. has been in the industry, like I think has come to the limelight, I think in the past four four or three years. Yeah. At work, there were certain instances where we were on projects where we were like, oh, we need product managers. But at that stage, we didn't have product managers because people were still getting used to that terminology, still getting used to the idea of having product managers. So I would see people trying to be product managers, but not actually be product managers because you need, I, I wouldn't say you need a special skill set, but you need to understand how things work as a product, like your thinking as a product manager, how that needs to work. Yeah. So. Over these couple of years, I noticed that there seems to be a a lack of this product management skill and lots of people are trying to learn and transition into that field. So as project managers, you'll see like lots of project managers are trying to become product managers by learning these things. So I think that inspired me actually to apply for the Product Guru Scholarship is because I felt like I do know some stuff about product management, but I don't actually actually know everything. So I know from what I've seen people do, but I think learning the frameworks, learning everything would eventually help me. So that was the reason why I applied for the Product Guru Scholarship. My idea is to transition as a technical product manager. So I think
0: this would help me in going through that career path. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I really like what you're saying there's such a wealth of information online. There's so many YouTube videos about product and project management. There's so many articles and books that you can read. But I feel like people who are interested in it, it's very easy to get bits and pieces. It can be free, but yeah. it's very hard to get that big picture, which I think is really the essence of product. It's really understanding how all these different parts are fitting together and really asking those very tough questions in the beginning. And if you don't have that holistic understanding, then everything is not quite right. It's it
1: I agree, yeah. And because all projects are different. Like you'll yeah. never be on the same product. But as long as you have those that holistic understanding, like you said, I think that really helps in you thinking as a product manager. I think the product guru, the structure and the individual training they did one on one was really helpful because it was not very theoretical. They actually put you in the shoes of a product manager where you were able to think about your own product and think about how you would go about it as a product manager. And thanks to them, I have my own startup idea now. So
0: oh okay (laughs) mashallah yeah let's talk about that but first let's just talk about how that's structured because that is one of the unique things about product gurus they have the one-to-one lessons (laughs) and you were saying before with the apprenticeship having that hands-on experience and really the practical knowledge makes a big difference so do you want to talk a little bit more about about that
1: Yes. So I'm a former leader, like I said, on the hands-on training. And I think mm-hmm. with Product Guru, like the first day, I, I it's very funny, like the first session I went into, I was like, oh, are we waiting for someone? Because I didn't know it was a one-on-one session. And the instructor, Osman was like, no, this is a one-on-one session. So I was okay. <laughs> I, and I was dressed as well for a, a video call because it was 7am in the morning. I was like, oh, I'm not dressed <laughs> I'm not dressed properly uh, to go on video call. And uh, I don't have my scarf next to me. I'm a hijabi. So I think we'll just do the video next time. <laughs> so it was really hilarious. And I was feeling
0: very awkward. But that's how our first session started. Uh-huh. Mashallah, it's real. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's real story, see?
1: <laughs> but um, the sessions itself were very informative in the sense that you could actually get the essence of being a product manager because they went into details of the framework but that was just for the first session in the next session they were like oh you have to come in by thinking of your your product idea and there were lots of templates which you you had to do them in the session with the instructor or you would spend time doing that and learning about different tools like there are some tools I didn't know about like for example one of those tools where you do like prototyping etc so I think just the idea that you are able to do something as a product manager even for a couple of days like five days was really helpful because I have that mindset now so even when I'm going to work I can think from that point of view that oh if I if I'm launching a feature for example this is what I have to think about mm-hmm. and that really helped I I think once you're in the shoes of a product manager really helped because you could Translate your thoughts, and there's no right or wrong answer as a product manager. But just having that guidance from one and the product guru team was really helpful. Mashallah, that's great. So tell us more about your startup idea, then. (laughs) (laughs) If I should be sharing it. (laughs) Oh, but but I will. I I think I'll find some great help from uh, Tech Sisters. So my first idea, which we came across, and then I did some research because I we were doing some competitor research, and I did my research as part of Product Guru's uh, some homework. And we realized that these, this idea has lots of competitors and there's already something similar in the market. So I came with the idea that as a new mom, I think it's, uh, I'm finding returning to work, I wouldn't say very difficult, but I feel like there's a lot of information, but all of it is not in one place. Mm-hmm. And obviously as a mom, you can, maybe you can agree with that. But so I felt like there was things like shared job or like pay share, It's it, lots of stuff, which it's I lots. didn't know about. Yeah. And I joined work and that's how I got to know. So one of my first idea was that maybe we should have something where women, especially returning moms, so returning moms can find everything in one platform. Mm -hmm. But then we did some research and we found out that Peanuts is one of the apps which does this stuff like helping new moms or pregnant moms or women in all stages of their lives. So even in infertility, menopause and all of that. We had to rethink my idea a bit. So I did a lot of research and then I realized that there's nothing for dads. So mm-hmm. As a father, you go through the same journey with your wife, but you don't know the actual things that are happening to her. Like, obviously you have those conversations, et cetera, but fathers and partners go through like those. Um, it is a big transition for them having an additional family member or if your wife is going through infertility or even if the issue is in the in the partner. So what what is the avenue for fathers basically or partners? So we thought about that idea and we did main features and we thought about how we develop it. So the idea is maybe we develop a website where we have all the content and support for fathers and then go forward from there.
0: That's super exciting. I'm so happy that you're including that in there because it's so difficult. <laughs> you mentioned infertility and a couple experiences of miscarriage. It's a very difficult yeah. experience for both sides because there's I a think. lot of hope that and, and dreams that get crushed through that in so it's hard enough for the woman to get time off to grieve but the man won't have anything anything yeah they don't have
1: any avenues i feel like with women like people i i, I i'm all for like supporting women because i know how difficult like the journey is like from uh, getting pregnant to like even i my my, my little one 16 months old now and i'm still struggling to certain stuff mm. but i feel like With the partners because they don't carry a baby in their in their womb or they don't have like those physical changes but that doesn't mean they don't go through the mental changes. There's a funny phrase that the husband gains as much weight as the wife because they both eat together or something (laughs) like. (laughs) But (laughs) um, I think we need to recognize that men also go through the these mental transitions and they need support as well. And I I, as as a South Asian, I know men don't uh, don't acknowledge this fact a lot but mm-hmm. it it is very important that they acknowledge it and they uh, they ask for help and mm-hmm. if someone's not verbal and they don't want to ask for it then at least there's a platform which
0: gives them a, at least written help or something like that absolutely absolutely alhamdulillah um i just want to share from one of my colleagues has really inspired me when he and his wife had a baby recently so he took his paternity time off but then when he came back um he, he shifted down to three days a week from full time he went down so that they could share equally, especially when yeah. she started going back to work. So they both, you know, share the week. Alhamdulillah. Well, sure. And it's just really nice to see that and it's it's so nice that you know as a couple they're doing that and he's really stepping up and he's doing half of the load actually half of it he's really engaged in raising their son and it's also really nice that this workplace is accommodating of that that in tech you can have a flexible schedule and work something like that with both partners working and having a fulfilling career it's possible you know i agree and i
1: I feel like sometimes I don't recognize it, but alhamdulillah, I feel so blessed to have entered into tech because of the flexibility. Like even now people have started going to work and all of that, but I I still told my workplace that I, I don't think I'll be coming to work as much because I have my little one at home. So this flexibility and this recognition that we have lives outside of work And the support they provide is amazing. And I have to be honest, I have to commend my workplace because my return to work was so smooth because they always kept checking on me that, are you ready? Do you feel like you are ready to take projects? Do you feel like you should be working? Or if you need any more support, like they were always available. The recognition that women go through this transition and of course for men as well is very important and people are changing. So Alhamdulillah, very happy about that.
0: Alhamdulillah, that's wonderful. it sounds like you've had such a great experience at EY they've supported you so much
1: (laughs) yes I I used to think I have a love hate relationship because obviously your experience cannot be great at all times of course but alhamdulillah the culture (laughs) whenever I'm thinking about maybe I want to make a transition to another workplace uh, another job or anything but I I I just I just can't because the culture and the people and the support EY provides me at every stage of my life like they provided me support at every stage is just uh, amazing and I I feel like it's just one of the factors that makes people stay with them. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, that, that's it. That's what makes people stay. So that's one of the questions people, you know, there's this great resignation. People are are leaving their jobs. They're choosing things that are better. A lot of companies are like, oh, why are they leaving? We want cultures like that who are yeah. supportive, who are letting us be flexible, who are letting us live our whole lives, mm-hmm. who are supporting us when we're just learning. You know, so many companies want you to come in with so much experience. But when a company supports your learning and development from the very beginning, That makes a huge impact.
1: Definitely. (laughs) And I agree. And I think for me, it has made such a huge impact because I was just uh, someone who didn't even know what EY is or the corporate world. And I think I check all the minority boxes Like I'm a person of color. I wear a hijab. I'm a Muslim, etc. So I was extremely, extremely hesitant to go into work. And the first day I felt like I just don't belong because Mm. nobody looks like me, basically. But then eventually, as I started to know people, and they were so welcoming, and there were instances like uh, they used to have things and I wouldn't show up feeling uh, hesitant because I don't drink. But then I started going, and they were so accommodating. Like even if I'm de- having a diet coke, or they would change the location. And there has been an instance, and I I remember it so clearly because one of my colleagues was so nice, and she's like, "I've got your non-alcoholic beer, so at least you can feel oh. like." And even though the taste was terrible, I did tell her that it
0: tastes <laughs> terrible, but I loved the gesture. So, as a revert i can say you really have to work yourself up to taste of these things <laughs> so, that's quite sweet oh that's well that's so that's that's inclusive that that's what yes. inclusive looks like it's funny, I was telling someone that this
1: is the first time I took off for Eid. Otherwise, I would always go into work and celebrate mm-hmm. with my colleagues because they were more celebratory that, oh, you can finally eat. And they would, like, I would take cakes and we would just have a nice lunch because I could finally eat after a month.
0: My God, can you imagine having more fun celebrating Eid with your colleagues? Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: I've I've had so much fun celebrating Eid with my colleagues, honestly. Oh, uh, that's so fun. Yes, of and, and have, I feel like I've been very lucky in regards
0: to teams and just meeting the right people. Yeah. Well, that that's another part. It really depends on the team that you're in and the yes. people you're with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Mariam, what is something that you're most proud of over your career so far? It can be tech-wise or it can be like your life, however you want to answer it.
1: What am I most proud of I'm thinking?
0: Mm-hmm. I think the way I've adjusted, that has not been very easy.
1: But I feel like the way I have adjusted and have been very flexible about different things, like meeting different people, like even actually having those conversations, if you would have spoken to me five years ago, I would be very hesitant because I I am a prime example of imposter syndrome. And I would like, I don't know anything. I can't speak about product management. I can't speak about anything, basically. Mm. But I think the way I have adjusted and have stood my ground on certain things. So for example, my religion is obviously very important to me. So making sure that, people understand that and setting those boundaries like making sure that I, I'm wearing my hijab and people accept that or if I'm going to the pub I'm drinking Diet cook and people acknowledge that that oh she doesn't drink or they change location so being very strict about those boundaries and making sure that these things don't impact me as a person like it, it, they are obviously difficult because you at the end of the day you're still uh, an outsider you feel like an outsider but being very strict about that has really, like, I think I'm very proud of that. And one of the things which I did and which makes me very proud is we had two different buildings at work and one of the buildings didn't have a prayer room. So what I used to do is I used to pray in the bathrooms or on the balcony, etc. And I did that for six months. And I was like, I can't do that anymore. And I was so scared of speaking up because I was like, oh, nobody has spoken up. There are no Muslims in the building. They'll say that she maybe she should, shouldn't be in this building, etc. But Alhamdulillah, I spoke up. I spoke to the partner from our EY Muslim community and they encouraged me to speak up. And Alhamdulillah, we got a prayer room. And I feel like that's my biggest achievement because it has probably helped so many other Muslims who were hesitant to come in and pray. And they have this opportunity. And I think that making sure that i stay true to myself and also work and become a career woman just balancing all those things has been my greatest achievement and now i have a toddler so i'm i, I guess i'm struggling a lot but alhamdulillah we, we're managing well,
0: well shall i just keep on achieving subhanallah yes. can you imagine the barakah that you're getting because you opened up that space for prayers so every time someone does salah in there you're getting a little yes. bit of the barakah subhanallah it's amazing yeah, kind I think we
1: just we just need the courage. Like, um, yeah, I, I've been courageous enough to speak about it, so I hope uh, people learn from that and be courageous. Because I meet uh, other Muslim women who were like me. I can see myself in them five years ago, but I I, I tell them that it, it will get better inshallah. Once you get into the flow of things and you start uh, having those conversations, it gets better.
0: Yeah, that's it. So do you feel like once you have boundaries and you're talking about them? Is it easier afterwards because we have so much fear about setting up boundaries, right? Yep. So is it actually h- as hard as we imagine, or does it make things easier?
1: I think that it's about mindset. So we can take this conversation as an example. Like in my mind, I've set a, a certain boundaries, and I probably crossed them because I've just been For human. For yes. <laughs> yes, but generally, what I'm saying is it's the mindset. If I'm entering into place and. I feel like nobody's going to listen to me or I shouldn't be having those boundaries. I think that's wrong. Like you should have that mindset and then be very clear about it. And people these days are extremely, extremely open to those boundaries. Yep. Like if you have a certain boundary for and this is a very basic boundary that I'll start working at nine a.m. and finish at five p.m. I won't work till six p.m. or I won't work or late at nights. I think those boundaries are very important for your own well-being because As a person, I can tell that if I do something which I shouldn't be doing, and this is a very simple thing, like missing prayer, I would be feeling guilty throughout my day. And and that impacts my productivity, that impacts my work, and I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So having that mindset that I have to do this and people will understand it, is something to start with and to be honest there will be people who won't understand it at all like there will be instances that some people would wouldn't understand it so for example in winters I have instances where people think that oh why am I taking so many breaks like why am I going to pray? uh, just taking breaks every two hours or so but having those conversations that oh I have to pray and the prayer timings are dependent on this or that really helps so the bottom line is have that mindset and enter any experience or any learning journey, workplace, conversations, et cetera, with that mindset. Because if it is clear in your head, I think you can articulate it better to someone else as well.
0: Yeah, that's it. I think it's less about thinking of the boundaries as like this baggage that we have. Yeah. And it, it's just who we are. Who we so are. when you're hiring me, you're also hiring this person who prays five times a day. Yes. This is what comes with me. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's a package. It's the package. Yeah. Yeah. It's a panel. And Miriam, what is something that you regret? Or maybe something that you wish you did differently? Mm,
1: I wouldn't say I have lots of regrets, but I think what I would have done differently is focused more on developing one particular skill. Like I mentioned, I want to be a technical product manager, so I'm focusing more on that now. But one of the things which I've done in my past five working years is trying to be the best at everything. So I'd be like, oh, let me learn that. Let me learn that as well. Let me learn that as well. So for example, at one point, I just wanted to be a data scientist. So I was like, oh, let me learn Python. Let me learn R. Let me all do the, all of that. But eventually, after not being able to achieve all of that and feeling disappointed in myself, I realized that I cannot be a perfectionist and I cannot learn everything. So then prioritizing and identifying which learnings would support me in my journey, in my career. So I think the regret has been that the past four years, I've tried to be a perfectionist, but I wasn't able to achieve anything with that. So now I've tried to be like, do little, but make sure it's good. Like Nothing has to be perfect, but do little and do something. Like Don't just sit and be disappointed because I have sulked a lot with myself and have had lots of like comfort food etc because I wasn't able to do one learning or two learnings and I I felt like this career isn't for me so there Mm -hmm. have been instances where I, I, I haven't so for example I wasn't able to learn Java properly like Java is a language which I cannot like it was my first language which I learned and I found coding so difficult I was like I can never learn coding this career is not for me I cannot become a software engineer but realizing that you cannot do everything and you don't have to be a perfectionist is something which I've learned throughout my journey and is my regret because the past four years I've tried to be a perfectionist.
0: That's a very important lesson. And it's something that a lot of tech sisters struggle with. So we hear this a lot, especially wanting to learn everything. And yeah. not knowing what to focus on. Hmm. So you're mentioning that you're prioritizing and you're trying to focus on things that would help you in your journey. So how did you do that? Lots of research and speaking mm-hmm. to people. For example,
1: when I started learning coding, I realized that I wouldn't have the proper projects at work to implement it. And then I'll have to spend so much more time by myself to do something like to make my portfolio. So mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, do I need to learn this or maybe ask the right people if they can give me like Py- uh, Python projects or data science projects? So, how I learned that is actually having lots of conversations. And I learned this in five years. Like this year is when I learned that. Mm-hmm. So it takes time because You're also exploring a lot. So I was exploring a lot, seeing what I enjoyed doing the most, what I didn't enjoy and which career pathway would open would be a more broader spectrum for me to learn more stuff going forward. So how I did it is, I actually have a book where I have like curriculums of all like these learning journeys. So like I have data science, data analysts, product managers and these curriculums. And then I went through all of these and figured out which one would be most appropriate to my job. And then have had conversations with the right people, like my colleagues, my manager, my counselor, et cetera, just to see
0: if my company would support me in those journeys. I think a really good, important part that you highlighted is those conversations with real people. Mm-hmm. Because I think especially when we're in the pattern of just doing self-learning, we get excited about something, we see a YouTube video, and that person is advising us to do something different. And then we like throw everything out because of this mystery. <laughs> much I do this to you know, everyone does this um it makes a huge difference when you're talking to a real person <laughs> reaching out to somebody who knows you somebody who's already working in the field that you're thinking about doing so sure. they can give you a lot of advice and then you know they can help you out as well so even though I think it feels scary especially when you're at that learning stage to ask for help oh it saves so much time it does like having those conversations I agree like
1: having those conversations is just monumental to your growth as a person because you learn those skills you might be learning something but you'll never get a chance to apply it at work because mm-hmm. those are not the things your company does so understanding what your company does and how you will provide value to the, those projects is very important one of the things that i tell people who are junior to me is uh, set those expectations and understand from that as well that what they expect from you to bring to the table and what do you what do you think you'll bring to the table because you guys might be thinking in completely different directions, and then yep. there would be very unhappy people. Like you'll be unhappy, your manager will be unhappy, and this, th- things
0: wouldn't work out. Definitely, definitely. Subhanallah. Okay, so the last question I have for you tonight is: What is something that you're most grateful for, Maryam?
1: Everything. I would anything. <laughs>
0: everything. Alhamdulillah. This
1: opportunity which Eva has provided me, the apprenticeship, I had, I didn't even imagine. I was on this very focused pathway that I want to come to the UK, finish my education and become a writer. And now I'm a tech consultant. So, Alhamdulillah, this transition and uh, making sure that I make the most of this opportunity, I'm very grateful for it because there have been days where I'm just not in the mood to do anything and I feel like oh I shouldn't be doing this I should be a writer instead or just stay at home that's what I think all the time but <laughs> but uh, alhamdulillah I think this opportunity has opened lots of doors for me and has has made me a better person and who I am today I feel like I'm becoming a good road model for my daughter and for my sisters as well because because I come from a background, or a, a, basically, my culture is a women should be a, a housewife or just a, a mother. And I think the idea that a woman can be all these three things and have a career as well and be an independent person as well is—I um, di- I didn't think I would be one of those. So I'm, Alhamdulillah, very, very grateful for that.
0: Alhamdulillah, <laughs> it's such a deep feeling thinking about how, as a mother, our daughters are going to be looking at us, yeah. um, you know, our sons too. Recently, we had a Tech Sisters meetup and I took my kids there. And it was just such a profoundly grateful thing for me to feel like they're observing their mom in this situation, but also seeing all these other Muslim women who are doing so many cool things with their careers and hijabis, niqabis, who are not covered. And it's really beautiful. (laughs) Yes, I agree.
1: It's yeah. it's if you think in right, hindsight, I wouldn't have thought about it. even this conversation. Meeting people from Texas as well, I think I was I, I was a mentor last in the yeah. last mm-hmm. time, and I spoke to a lady and just connecting with those people yeah. and like uh, having those conversations and making those connections. It's very amazing, especially as Muslim women and lots of us from backgrounds which never see Muslim women making such progress in their careers, etc. I think this is very profound and definitely an example for our children.
0: Exactly. That's one of the reasons why we have Tech Sisters is you were mentioning before how we tick like every minority box. Like so many of us okay. in the group are so many layers of the only, yes. right? And so this is a place where we get it. You know, you can have a mentor-mentee relationship and you mm-hmm. know that your mentoring partner also understands what's like being the only person covered at work. You know, yeah. it's uh it's and just having that profound understanding and that realization there's a deep bond right I agree yes and just the platform itself it's the
1: idea that there are other women in the same boat like you said and that bond is very important having just in the back of my mind having the idea that oh I have a community which I can rely on if I'm stuck somewhere is amazing I think Uh, and we even though we 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 try to be as brave and uh, as trailblazers for everything but at the end of the day we need
0: to have that community which we can rely on yeah that's it that's it is there anything else that you'd like to add or anything that we haven't quite covered or final words of advice Mm -hmm. no i think i've spoken a lot (laughs) (laughs) you did great
1: (laughs) thank you (laughs) but but you'll have to do lots of editing because of all the jokes i've made
0: (laughs) keeping the jokes
1: But that's reality, isn't it? I, it's nobody's real perfect. life. So, yes, yeah. real life. And, and on a very funny note, I used to go into work and everyone would ask, Oh, how was your weekend? Because their weekends would be amazing. Like someone would be traveling to Italy or everyone's yeah, doing like, these
0: cool things on the weekend. Yeah, so. they would
1: be doing cool things. And at first, I used to feel so shy and I used to make up uh, things like, Oh, I went to the South End Beach or I went here or I, I didn't do any of these things. I was at home cooking food or cleaning, et cetera. <laughs> And then I started accepting that and I, I, and I told the truth that, oh, on weekends, I do this or I do that or I just sleep because that's what I enjoy the most. And I realized people are okay with it. Nobody cares if I sleep or do laundry on the weekend. And as long as I had a good weekend, every, everyone's happy.
0: Honestly, most people aren't even listening to what you did on the weekend. They're just yeah. waiting to say what they did. Yes. Yes. I agree. <laughs> yeah. So, that's so no secret. more lying about what I yeah. did on the weekend. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing, subhanallah. Well, thank you so much, Mariam, for coming on and for not lying about anything and for being, showing the whole truth about your story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for the opportunity. And uh, honestly, honestly, uh, I know uh, I'm not very active and I don't say it enough, but you are, Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, doing an amazing work oh. on Tech Sisters. And I do hope I can help you as much as I can because you're doing an
0: amazing job uh, connecting us all women. Oh, thank you very much, Mariam. My love reward you for that. Nice comment. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Mariam's story today. If you've liked this episode and what we're trying to do here at Texas Truth, you can support us by following us and leaving a review. We also have a Patreon if that's something that you'd be able to do and are interested in. We're always going to be a nonprofit community, so things like that really help us to grow and reach the people who need to hear us. And if you are a Muslim woman in tech, you can join us by going to our website at tech-sisters.com and fill out the membership form. It's always free and our Slack community is like a really safe, fun, cozy place to be. So that would be really cool and we'd love to have you there. And that's all for me today. As-salamu alaykum.